0: Hey everyone, welcome again to another Devo with Patrick and Jamie. Excited that you are here to dig into God's Word a little bit and to understand maybe what kind of a message God has for us today. And that's something I love about Scripture, uh, is that every day, you could read the same verse every day for the rest of your life, and you might actually find something a little different in it every day. Um, I wouldn't recommend doing that necessarily, but uh, there is something cool about God's mercies being new every morning and about uh, God's word being living and active. So
1: Patrick, where are we at today? Well, this morning, since it is a Sunday morning, we are going to check out Psalm 30. We're working through the Psalms on Sunday mornings all summer. And that's where we landed, Psalm 30. It's a Psalm for the dedication of the temple of David. Super exciting. All right. Uh, And I'll read it for you. It's 12 verses, so I can, I can handle that one today. <laughs> Here we go. Psalm cool. 30. It says this. I will exalt you, Lord, for you have lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies glow over me. Lord, my God, I called you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord, you, his faithful people. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I feel secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, you made my royal mountains stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced? If I go down to the pit, will, will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. That my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. The word. The word of the Lord. the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks.
0: Yes. Thanks be to God. Sorry. I don't know how we're supposed to do that, Pat. It's okay. The person reading say the word of the Lord. That's really kind of the, that's the way more traditional way. Right. We've kind of been handing it off a little bit backwards, but
1: yeah, you know, it's all good. It is the word of the Lord and it is thanks be to Christ that we have this word. So it's all very good. And yeah, you know, you said, you know, reading, uh, scripture every morning, it even like addressed that in this passage. It was, it was great. You know, verse five for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. There you go. Mm. Amen. Yeah. You know, that's so true, right?
0: If you if you ever have a bad day, you know, people always say, you know, don't let the sun go down on your anger. I don't know if you've heard that phrase before, but like, let's say you're in a fight with someone, um, maybe your best friend or something has like, done something mad to you or bad to you and you're mad about it. People will say, oh, settle it before you go to bed so that, you know, you're done with it, um, which is, that's probably, you know, good. Like it's better to settle matters sooner than later. Um, But sometimes like we might have a rough time at night and, but there's seasons, right? Times change. And in the morning you might wake up and be like, oh, it's a new day. And in my Bible on verse five, there's a little footnote and it It points to second Corinthians chapter four, verse 17, that says for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Hmm. Uh, And so, you know, kind of pointing to the, this letter to the Corinthians that the, the momentary troubles um, are just going to be a tiny blip on the radar of the joy that's going to outweigh them all of all this rejoicing that we're going to have. Yeah. And that's why like church in the morning is great.
1: Hmm. Like I, I used to go to church at night. Pat, have you ever gone to like a nighttime church? Yeah. I, I went to nighttime church for about a solid six months every, every Sunday. So I've been there. Yeah, I've tried it. And how was it different? Well, I mean, for me, it was kind of, it was hard. It was difficult, mostly because I was pretty tired from my duties and responsibilities at uh, this church on Sunday morning. Because my morning would start early and then it was, you know, back to back two worship services of, of youth group program and worshiping. And then, you know, the hang out afterwards and then you know go home and eat some lunch and do things around the house. It's normally when I, you know, will do a few extra little work things to prep for the week, do like some laundry or something. And then I would go to church again after that and I would kind of mm. show up and the mindset of everyone there was really... You know, they were excited to be there and they wanted, you know, social hour. They want to talk a lot, you know, interested. And I think all that stuff is super great, but I would show up and be like too tired almost to like yeah. enjoy entering into the socialness, uh, the social aspect of church. And I would go and just want to like, you know, sit in the back, like kind of like with my hood up, kind of a deal, not wearing a jacket though, obviously. And just, you know, enjoy the worship and be present alone. Um, and just like be, be mm-hmm. like a fly on the wall. And so, uh, that it was just weird for me. And, um, it was also hard for me, this is like way more than you probably asked for but it was hard for me to be, you know, working at one church and trying to be involved in a different one. I was always, it was yeah, so exhausting was to try to do, to do both, um, that I decided to just get, put all my ducks in one basket at one church and then try to, you know, have a foot in each. Yeah. I've never put ducks in a basket, but I imagine if you had to put ducks
0: in a basket It'd be better to put them into one basket. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, you know, I used to go to a a church that had a nighttime service that started at nine o'clock at night. Whoa. And people would make jokes about it, that it was like the vampire church. (laughs) Uh, Because like, it was nine o'clock on a Sunday night. So like you show up and the, the services are usually an hour and a half long. So by the time you're out of there, it's like 1030 at night, maybe later. And then a lot of folks that I would go with would want to go out and like get dinner, but like if you're eating dinner at eleven o'clock at night, you're kind of pushing your your day pretty late there <laughs> yeah um, so so but there was something you know, I, I think it doesn't matter when you go to a church service necessarily. Um, you know, like you can praise God at any time any place anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is something cool about the newness of the morning yeah, when you first wake up, uh, you know you're not tired from you know not physically tired you're like ready for what the day brings yeah um so let's start at the beginning of this psalm 30 right it's a psalm and it's a song uh and it, it says it's for the dedication of the temple of david um i think what that could also mean is uh for the house of david or the palace of david mm. um we know that david was not the one who built the temple in his time uh which is, um, good to note. So like that particular word could be a palace, a temple, a dwelling, a house, a receptacle, even a family or a dynasty. Whoa. Like you might say like me and my house, uh, that kind of a phrase. And you're referring to like all your people. Yeah. Um, so what we do know about David, which is probably good to point out is that David was not the one to build the temple. Uh, the Lord actually, kind of told him like, Hey, you got too much blood on your hands since you're a warrior and you've killed a lot of people. Like, that's just like God's heart isn't really all about killing people. Uh, so, so God was like, we're going to let your son do this, not you. Hmm. Uh, but David did establish the city of Jerusalem and he did build a a very amazing palace in Jerusalem. Hmm. Um, and this could also be referring to, you know, his whole house, his whole line that's going to go on. Um, But most notably, at least in in my, like my best guess would be maybe David is, has finished this building
1: project and now he's going to like write a song for it. Yeah. Or is maybe it's like in dedication to him, like, you know, like a plaque, you know, like the, the David (laughs) Memorial Temple or something like that. The (laughs) David (laughs) Memorial Temple. Maybe not. (laughs) I think (laughs) you're more spot on than me. (laughs)
0: No, no, I'm just yeah, I'm just reading it and seeing what I, what it might say here so we get an idea but but uh, yeah, it's it's interesting though that that you know there, there's occasions for writing songs. Songs aren't always just written, you know, to get on top of the charts and make a bunch of money. Uh, sometimes they're actually written for a purpose and a reason. So this that's this one's written for dedicating this house or temple or palace or whatever it might be. And it begins with a cool thing, right? I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths. Yeah. So immediately David is beginning this psalm, this song, by giving God praise for what God has done in his life. And first, verse 1, he says, you know, you didn't let my enemies gloat over me. He's like, I made it. I survived. Verse 2, uh, I called to you for help and you healed me. You brought me up from the realm of the
1: dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Wow. That's like, that's, that's some powerful uh, speech that, and that just shows that David really experienced some trauma and conflict and question, probably questioning of his faith in his life. And mm-hmm. the Lord stayed true to him through and through, even through the, the toughest times. I don't, I don't know if I've ever really felt like I've been to the realm of the dead uh, so to say, uh, or if, you know, yeah. um, I mean, obviously David probably wasn't f- physically in the realm of the dead cause this is like poetry, a uh, song, but, yeah. um, I've never felt that low in my, in my personal life. So David has really, uh, experienced the power of Christ and his redeeming powers. Yeah.
0: And you know, he, he, like verse three, right? You just said realm of the dead and going down to the pit. Both of those words, I'm looking them up right now. Uh, the first one, the realm of the dead, is sheol, which is is the word that we use or has been translated as like hell. Oh, <laughs> like whoa, right? Yeah, you brought me out from hell, uh, or the underworld, or the wasteland, or the void. And then uh, the pit. When you say the pit, um, it could be as simple as like. A cistern, but sort of
1: metaphorically, it can also mean the world of the dead, which is pretty crazy. When, yeah, when I read this, I I see pit there, and I I don't think anything. I don't think like a little hole. I think deeper down than anything I've ever yes. been able to see. You know what I think of? I think of Tom Sawyer's Island on
0: Disney at Disneyland. Oh. And if you ever go to Disneyland, which I'm sure all of you do, like every weekend. On Tom Sawyer's Island, I don't even know if it's still there. Someone would be good to let let us know. There used to be a little pit as you're walking, and it would say bottomless pit. It had a little sign. (laughs) And it would make noises that would sound like something falling forever. And as a kid, it freaked me out. Because I'm like, Disneyland, they, like, make stuff happen here. Like, they've got elephants flying. They've got a whole world... Uh, they've got like music happening. Like if Disney's going to make something happen, they're going to get it done. So if anyone could make a bottomless pit, it's going to be Disney. <laughs> and so I, I knew in my head that maybe that pit wasn't bottomless, but managed for felt bottomless.
1: Yeah. I don't, I've actually never seen what you're talking about so I'll take your word it, for it. You know,
0: it may not, you know, they might've had a kid fall in at some point, And so maybe it doesn't exist anymore, but, <laughs> but yeah, it was a really, really, really pretend deep pit. Um, <laughs> but you're right. So like David is a guy here who, who God has brought up out of the realm of the dead, who has not gone down to the depths. Now there's some metaphors. You can look at Jesus and think about this, right? Jesus didn't die and, 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 was gone forever. Jesus was lifted up. And so a lot of David in the Psalms, a lot of the Psalms in general, there's some lines in there that uh, that kind of point us towards Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And they point us towards someone not dying, someone being spared, someone being surviving, someone being actually elevated and lifted up. Um, So here we have that example. Verse four, David gives a command here um, to sing the praises of the Lord, you, his faithful people praise his holy name which is kind of a cool thing right we start with him praising his holy name i will exalt you lord and then verse 4 he jumps into sing sing praise he's telling the people like hey people we got to sing god's praises yeah which which to me like a lot of this kind of goes into the idea of it would make sense for a temple to being to be built and to say these things mm-hmm. however however think about it If you were building a house and it was the most amazing house ever, uh, it was bigger than anyone else's house. It had more gold. It was like super nice. Would you write a song about God to dedicate that house? Like, I don't think so, right? Most people would like write a song about how cool they are that they could build a cool house or maybe how neat the architect was. (laughs) But, But David, as he's doing this, he's like, God, you've lifted me up. You've made this happen. I'm going to sing praises, and I'm going to tell the people, you also need to sing praises. Right. Uh, his, his anger only lasts a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night. Where rejoicing comes in the morning. You know, even if
1: I built a beautiful church that was yeah. like worldwide known, most beautiful church, yeah. I don't even think I would write a song for that. <laughs> I would probably honestly turn to the Bible and pick a Psalm and say like, this is the Psalm that's going to dedicate this church. <laughs> I, that sounds right. like a, a, a lot easier and a, a lot more faithful than trying to like pen a song, <laughs> but I've never even written a song anyway. So maybe a yeah. musically uh, talented person could write a song, but that would not be my even first thought of something to do.
0: And then David continues in this as he's singing this song. It's funny. It's like he's kind of going back. He's looking back at God's faithfulness to him and saying, you know, verse six, when I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. I've, I don't know. Have you ever felt so secure that you're like, I'm never going to be shaken? Like, uh-huh. I'm not
1: falling. I'll never be shaken. I think that's a, a comfortable response that I've probably said that I know isn't true. I I think that I probably I can resonate with that it's like yeah I I will never be shaken even right now but I know that like I'm sure that there will be more moments in my life where my faith is is uh, shaken up a little bit so I think it'd be foolish for me to say like that's where I'm at because you know faith is um, can be challenged at any moment and we don't know when it's coming it'll catch us off guard And it's not something we can necessarily prep for. Uh, So I would feel foolish claiming that for myself.
0: Yeah, yeah. David here is claiming it, but then interestingly enough, he goes into saying, you know, but when you hid your face, I was dismayed. Hmm. Um, You know, Lord, when you favored me, you made my mountain stand firm, my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. And then he says, well, what did he do then? Verse eight, to you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. He went to God in times of help, which I think that's like one of those things everyone can relate with. Yeah, yeah. When we really need help, when we're at like our low points, I think as people
1: generally, we're pretty good at calling for God. I think we all have done it. And I think you're right. We all are good at it. And I I think we're good at
0: it because it's out of desperation that we call for God. And I appreciate here that David, in a psalm, dedicating a temple, like or dedicating a a palace, maybe even you know, this is a high point of his life. This is a a strong point of of his uh, kingdom. This is a, a time for rejoicing. But he's keeping it real and he's being honest and. He's remembering when he needed to cry out to God. Mm-hmm. This is not a time for him to cry out to God to say, Lord, help me. This is a time where he's saying, you know, I exalt you, God, you're great. Right. But he's remembering that there was a time. Yeah. You know, there was a time, there was a place. Right. Uh, and then he kind of, you know, tells people his little prayer here, verse nine, what is gained if I'm silenced? If I go down to the pit, you know, that same word, actually, it's a different word. I'm sorry. Then the first pit, uh, it could be the grave or a trap, you know, what is gained if I'm silenced, if I have to go down again into this trap, uh, will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? <laughs> so he's kind of saying like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm the one who's supposed to praise you. God don't,
1: don't take me out. Cause I got to keep praising you. I know It's also important to just point out too, that there's a time to be silent when you're uh, praying to Christ and not be constantly yeah. like having words come out. But when uh, you are in dismay, when you're like down going down towards the pit, uh, yeah. that's not the time to, to like be silent with the Lord. That's the time to to cry <laughs> out because what would you gain if you were silent then? Probably not, not much. I think that's what he's right. kind of getting at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, David is the, the one who's the song leader for Israel. And, uh, you know, he wrote a lot of these Psalms that we have. And, and so, you know, we're lucky to have them. Uh, but if David is the one writing the Psalms, like if, if David didn't make it, we wouldn't have these songs. Right. And David like kind of, seems like he knows that a little bit, which is kind of weird. Uh, but verse 10, he says, hear Lord and be merciful, To me, Lord be my help. I like this because when he says the word "hear," uh, he's basically saying God. uh, It's just like a one-word phrase. He's just saying, like, listen. And if God just even listens to us, God is so powerful. God is so mighty that if God's ear even just tunes to our cry for help, God's going to be there. Yeah, God will be our help. And David gives the answer in verse eleven and twelve. So God did hear. God was merciful. So what happened? He turned the wailing and the crying that he had the, the um, into dancing. Uh, he, re, he removed my sackcloth, which is for mourning,
1: and clothed me with joy. And even f- going on further, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I'll praise you forever. These two verses encompass literally everything that's going to go on in that temple for years to come people will show up wailing and they'll, they'll leave dancing, praising the Lord. They'll remove, they'll be clothed, clothed with joy um, and leave clothed, clothed, clothed with joy. Well, that's tough to say. Uh, And like people's hearts will sing praises and not be silent in that temple. And people will praise God forever because of that space. It's like, what a cool bookend to the, the dedication, if you will, addressing you know, really what's going to happen. You know, what happens in churches today? It's like the same, the same thing. And it's so cool here that we have a
0: movement in verse 11, that it's all about death. You turned my wailing, that word for wailing is specifically mourning that happens at funerals. Hmm. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth, which is a sign of, of mourning and death. And you clothed me instead with joy. My heart sang your praises. Yeah. It cannot be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. To praise God forever means to live forever. How else could you praise? Mm -hmm. So God moves from death to life. And David is, is knowing this. Yeah. So, hey, that's the story of Christ, right? From death to life. We too. And here's what's cool, right? We are, scripture tells us that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. That God dwells in us. And so when we dedicate ourselves, our very bodies to the Lord, uh, this is a great psalm for us to think about and to sing. Yeah. To know that now our bodies are moving from death into life. Our, our mourning now, our, our, the mourning we have will now be turned into joy. Yeah. Praise the Lord.
1: Amen.